Cast thy deep pants for the water, so my soul longs after you. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. I want you more than gold or silver, only you can satisfy. You alone are the real joy giver and the apple of my eye. You strength my shield to you alone may my spirit yield you alone are my heart's desire and i long to worship you you're my friend and you are my brother even though you are a king i love you more than any other so much more than anything you alone are my strength my shield to you alone may my spirit yield you desire and I long to worship you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Meg, for that beautiful song, our worship song, As the Deer Pants for the Water. And like Pastor Joe always said, no one can sing that song like Meg can. Praise God. You know, that song comes from the scripture in Psalm 42, friend, and I welcome you today. This is a word of victory for you, and I um, ask you to turn with me to Psalm 42. And as we're turning there, I pray, Holy Spirit, we submit to you today. We worship you. We thank you for your presence here, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we are washed and cleansed in the blood of Jesus, your Son. And we thank you, Father, that as we study your word here today together, Lord, that you would open our ears to hear your voice, that you would open our eyes to see in the Spirit, and that you would cause us, Lord, to hope in you, Father God. Because that's the name of the message today, hope in God, for you will yet praise him. And I encourage you, friend, no matter what the circumstances are that you're living with at the moment, I encourage you to hope in God. Because, you know, you have no other hope. Let's face it. When you come to the end of the rope, there is no one else. And many people have, have sought help from here and from there and, and everywhere. And, and there has been no peace uh, resulting in that, in, in their search through life. And, uh, but God promises you. His promises to you are yes and amen. 
He promises to give you peace. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. And learn from me, for I am meek and humble, and my burden, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. And today I speak the light of God's word into your life, friend, into your circumstances. And I tell you that there is hope in God for you. And in Psalm 42, let's read it together. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God, with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Praise God. You know, just to break that down there, the deer longing or panting for the for the water. Uh, they say, you know, that deer uh, only pant for the water when they're running from, from a predator. And that when they get to the stream or the river that they've been longing for, they've been thirsting for that water, uh, that that stream, that water, actually dissipates their scent so that the predator who who has been chasing after them can't catch and pick up their scent anymore. And that's why the deer longs for the water. And, you know, that's where we are, friend. Uh, we are in living in a world that is ruled by Satan, the god of this world. Uh, we are living in it, but we are not of it because we live in a different kingdom. We live in the kingdom of God. That's why when Jesus came, he preached everywhere he went, he preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And, you know, in Colossians chapter 1, it says that we once walked in darkness, but now we have been translated into the kingdom of the son of his love. And praise God, you know, that deer is panting for that water in the same way we pant and we long, we thirst for the things of God because only there is our help, only there and, and can we find peace and joy. And, you know, it's interesting that in verse 3 there is day and night, you know, I've only tears for food while my enemies continually taunt me saying, where is this God of yours? And maybe that has been the question that uh, many people have been asking themselves. Where is God in the midst of all this, in the midst of this virus, in the midst of this lockdown, in the midst of this, you know, us sheltering in our homes and, and, and being, uh, I suppose, being uh, curtailed in our freedom? Where is God? Well, I'll tell you, God is with you and he is in charge. He's still sitting on the throne. Read, read Psalm 2, friend. Psalm 2 says, God sits on his throne and laughs at the enemy. And he is laughing right now. And I believe that as we are sheltering in our homes, as we are, uh, you know, waiting in this time of waiting, that we are being prepared for what is coming. Because the glory of God is about to be poured out on this earth in a way that everybody, from the greatest to the smallest, will have to acknowledge that this is God. And many people are waiting for disaster to come and waiting for death or waiting for, you know, the Antichrist and, and, and the end of days and all that. It's not the end of the world, let me tell you that. 
uh, of course, we're in the birth pangs. Jesus said, you know, you need to know the signs. You need to look and see uh, what is happening. He told us there would be famines, there would be earthquakes, there would be pestilences. Pestilences in the Bible, that's a plague. He told us there would be those things. But he said, look up for your redemption is nigh. Look up to the kingdom of God is at hand. And God's hand is for you today, friend. Praise God. Um, I just wanted to have a look at... Second Thessalonians, okay, in chapter 2, it's in the New Testament, and Thessalonians is the book that comes right after Colossians, which we just spoke about, and it's right before the book of Timothy. And in Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, he's speaking here about, Paul is speaking here about, um, the man of the mystery of lawlessness is already at work in verse 7 the mystery of lawlessness is already at work only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way now the he's mentioned there in that sentence both have a capital h he's talking about the spirit of god there but the mystery of lawlessness you know that word lawlessness it means torahlessness it means going against the law of god having no word of God. And what I wanted to focus on today was the next verse. In verse 8, And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. I'm not going to talk about the, the lawless one who is also known as the Antichrist today, but what I am going to talk about is the part of that scripture that says, it's the Lord who will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy the, with the brightness of his coming. Jesus said that as he is, so are we. And so if Jesus, uh, you know, destroys the lawless one or, or the Antichrist, when he, when he does come back and when, uh, when you know, in, in the future, in the end times, when the battle of Armageddon and all that, Jesus will destroy with the breath of his mouth and with the coming of his brightness, the brightness of his splendor, other scriptures say. I want to encourage you today. We are his body on this earth. And in the same way that Jesus uh, speaks forth the word out of his mouth and destroys the enemy, in that same way, as we speak his word, as we declare his word against the tactics of the enemy, against the plots and, and snares uh, of the devil, the enemy is destroyed by the words of our mouth and by the brightness of his coming. The brightness of his coming. His light lives inside of us. We live in the kingdom of God. We are part of the kingdom of the son of his love. And in that kingdom is light. You know, every time, and, and you can look this up yourself, friend, you know, there's many instances I, I encourage you to watch uh, on YouTube, maybe Sid Roth, It's Supernatural. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of episodes of that program. And so many times Sid has uh, um, interviewed people who have maybe died on an operating table or been involved in some kind of a trauma where, where they died for, you know, a little while. And every one of them have the same testimony. What they saw when they saw Jesus was light, the light, the brightness of his coming. Peter and James and John, when they witnessed the transfiguration of Jesus on the mountaintop, what they saw was his whole countenance and his whole body radiating light. They saw him in his glory. And I encourage you 
to know that that same light, the, he is living inside of you. The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you and he quickens and gives life to, his, to your mortal body. Greater is he living in you than he that is in the world. You are an overcomer because God lives inside of you. His light lives inside of you and he wants you to shine. Isaiah 60 says, you know, though darkness uh, is consuming the whole place, that the nations will come to your light. And the light that you have is the light of God. It is the brightness of, of Jesus who lives inside of you. And he, God wants us to shine that light. Um, and how we do that is that the way we speak, the way we behave, if we're acting fearful and speaking negatively just like the rest of the world, well, then you are no different to them. And, and his light is not shining through you. He said, you know, uh, does someone light um, a lamp and then put a basket over it to hide the light? No, they don't. They put the lamp on a lampstand so that that light can light up the whole place. And that's what God wants to do for you today, friend. And I encourage you. You know, uh, it's interesting there that, that the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth, with the breath of his mouth. You know, anywhere you see the, the word breath, it, it's talking about the Ruach, the Spirit of God. It's interesting, isn't it, in this coronavirus, that what people are most afraid of is what's coming out of other people's mouths, the droplets. You know, they're coughing, they're sneezing, their breath. People are terrified of coming into contact with somebody whose breath is contaminated with the, the coronavirus. I tell you today, friend, do not fear that. Greater is he living in you than he that's in the world. Stop fearing droplets from infected people and instead speak forth the breath of God, his word spoken through you and through us, you know, by the power of his Holy Spirit. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Release the anointing of the spirit of God that lives inside of you. Am I telling you to go up and, you know, get close to people? No, I'm not. You obey the laws. Okay. You obey the law of social distancing, you honor the governing authorities. But do not fear, you know, when someone coughs or sneezes near you. <laughs> Don't lose the rag and, oh my God, look what they just did. You know, you do not have to fear that. Because the blood of Jesus, if you are sheltering in the secret place of the Most High God, according to Psalm 91, you are under the shadow of his wings and no pestilence can come near your dwelling, wherever you are. No disease, no plague can affect you because uh, you are covered by God. He has you covered. This is not new to him. And, you know, that's why the blood of the lamb and, and this week, uh, starting on Wednesday evening, starts the feast of the festival of Passover, where the Jews remember back in Exodus chapter 12. And I encourage you, go back and read it. Exodus 12, Exodus 13, Exodus 14, where God delivered his people out of the captivity of slavery, out of the bondage of fear and terror. And he brought them out and there was not one feeble among them. It says in Psalm 105, not one feeble among them. Do not fear getting sick. It, it, it could be the coronavirus. It could be cancer. It could be whatever it is that the enemy has been playing ball with you in your mind. Let me tell you, there is a, a, an epidemic. There's not just a pandemic of coronavirus, but there is a pandemic of fear that is raging in people's hearts and has been raging for a long time. Fear of sickness, fear of disease, fear of, 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 of getting some kind of a disease 
uh, and, and dying from it. Listen, God revealed himself as Jehovah Rapha. Excuse me. Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. And he is the same healer today. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when God delivered his people from Egypt uh, that night of the Passover, he delivered them from so many plagues. We've talked about this in previous podcasts. I encourage you, go to our website, uh, www.wordofvictory.net. Go into the page that says audio podcasts and you can listen back there. You can, um, to any of the, the podcasts that we've recorded, you can go and look at the blog posts. There's many of them there about uh, breaking bread, about communion, about Passover, about uh, the blood of the Lamb, the blood of Jesus. But in Passover, they took the blood of the Lamb and they put it over their doorposts. God told them, take that unblemished Lamb and sacrifice it and roast the meat of it but take the blood and put it over their doorposts and then stay inside their homes and do not come outside of that house he told them Um, because he said if you come out you will come up against the angel of death and the angel of death came into that land that night but the angel of death the destroyer could not cross the threshold of those houses that were covered with the blood And that was a foreshadow of our Savior, Jesus, the Son of God, who came as a human being and who died on the cross, having lived a perfect, sinless life, so that his blood was shed for us. And his blood still speaks today, the blood of the Lamb, the Lamb of God who took away all our sins. His blood today is upon the mercy seat in heaven. That's why when Jesus met Mary in the garden after he had been raised from the dead, he said, Mary, don't touch me for I have to go to my father first. He had to go to his father, God in heaven, and bring his blood, the sacrifice that he gave, that sacrifice, uh, one sacrifice for all time. There is no more need for the blood of bulls and goats and and, and for, for daily sacrifices. There is no need. Because his blood was the one sacrifice for all time, it says in Hebrews chapter 10. And he brought his blood to heaven and he put it on the mercy seat. And that blood speaks for us today. It speaks for our cleansing from sin. It speaks for us to be washed. Though our sins were as red as scarlet, we are washed as white as snow. His blood paid the ransom for us to be set free from the power of sin and death and from the power of the fear of death. It says in Hebrews 2.14 that Jesus came as one of us and gave his life and, and gave his blood so that the devil's power that he held over people who all their lives were subject to the fear of, of death was broken once and for all. So if you're fearing and if you're a very fearful person or an anxious person, I encourage you to start reading scripture and speaking it out over your life. Father, I thank you that Jesus died in my place and he took uh, the chastisement that was due to me so that I could have peace. He broke the power of the spirit of fear of death so that I would no longer have to live in fear. 
You did not give me a spirit of fear, Lord. You gave me the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And I thank you, Lord, that I will not fear because I trust in you. When fear comes, I tell it, no, I'm not going to take that fear. That's from the pits of hell. It's a lie. Do you think it's God who's speaking into your ear trying to make you afraid, friend? No, it is not. It is the devil. It's coming out of the enemy's mouth. And he's speaking into your ear, just like he spoke into Jesus' ear. You think that it's not possible for the devil to talk to you? I'm not talking about you hearing voices and things like that, because that is, you know, that is from the enemy. And in the same way, if you look at Luke chapter 4, when Jesus was in the wilderness, he was fasting. This was before he started his ministry. He went, the Lord, the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. For 40 days he fasted. And when he was weak and low, that's when the devil came. And that's exactly what's happening to people right now, even in this virus and in this chaos that's going on. People are feeling weak. They're feeling discouraged. They're feeling low. Like we read in that Psalm uh, 42, why, why are you cast down, O my soul? It's no wonder you would be cast down from all the negativity that's going on around you. You've got to loose yourself from that negativity. If you're going out into the shops, if you're going out in, a, in your work, if you have an essential job, you need to come home and say, Father, I just loose myself right now from, with the blood of Jesus from every negative thing I've been in contact with. Whatever I've heard, whatever I've seen on the news or on my phone, I break the power of that negativity and I come against every prophet of doom who's speaking out destruction over my life. Oh, you know, so many hundreds of thousands of people are going to get this. So many hundreds of thousands of people are going to die from this. Not me or my house because we are covered by the blood of Jesus. I praise you and I thank you, Jesus. You you are our Passover lamb and I apply the blood of Jesus all around my household, all around my family, all around my workplace, all around me as I go to the shops, as I go to work in my car. I plead the precious blood of Jesus against every attack of the enemy and I will not fear uh, somebody coughing or spitting or, or, you know, around me or sneezing. I will not fear that in Jesus name. I especially say this to you if you belong to the emergency services, if you're in the police force or the, the ambulance force or the nursing doctors, uh, doc, you know, those, they're absolutely terrified and their families are terrified even more to the point. They're terrified about them having to go out and having to work in the midst of this crisis of, of people coming up and, and, you know, we've heard about it even in Ireland here, people coming up to guards, uh, coughing in their faces, you know, I mean... Praise God. Listen, put the blood of Jesus around yourself and around your family members every day. Trust in God. Hope in God. He is for you and, and the enemy cannot touch you when you are under his covering. When you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you realize what he did for you at the cross, and when you con um, publicly confess him as your Lord and Savior, that means you speak it out aloud. Lord Jesus, I confess you are the Son of God. You came to take away my sins. You paid the ransom that was due to me for the penalty of those sins. I thank you, Jesus. You died so that I could live. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And right now, Lord, I believe that I have become a child of God because I believe in you and because I know that God raised you from the dead so that I could be acquitted of my sins. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. I surrender my life to you today. 
I surrender my family to you. I ask you to use me for your glory. I thank you, Lord, that your light is now living inside of me. You are shining out through me. And I ask you, Lord, to show me your word so that I can learn. Holy Spirit, I ask you to baptize me with your power and fill me with your spirit, Father, so that I can grow in the knowledge of you. I plead the blood of Jesus all around myself, my family, my home, my workplace. As I go out, Father God, I plead the blood of Jesus against every attack of the devil. And I thank you, Lord, that you keep me safe and preserve me. I hope in God, like it says there in verse 5 in Psalm 42, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again and again in God, my Savior. Hallelujah. If you pray that prayer, you have become a born-again Christian. Your spirit has been born again to God. There is no weird, uh, you know, cult-like uh, status or, or some weird thing you have to do. It's a simple prayer of trusting in God. How many of you have ever seen, on all, you know, in football matches, uh, that man, I think he died there a couple of weeks ago, who used to hold up that yellow sign saying, John 3-7, you must be born again. In order to come into the kingdom of God, in order to have the light of God living inside of you, you must be born again. You must acknowledge that Jesus is your Lord and Savior and that you could never make yourself right with God. You could never save yourself. That's what being born again means. It means that you become a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ and in no, it has nothing to do with how good you are. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But, you know, God, so many times Jesus mentioned about the sheep, the sheep of his flock, the sheep of his pasture, and how he goes after that one sheep. You know, there's the story in, in uh, the recount of the, the prodigal son, and it's in Luke chapter 17, I think, or 15, is it 15 or 17? You'll find it anyway. Go to Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And you know, that father, the, the, the prodigal son is not so much uh, a ta uh, um, an account of, of uh, forgiveness as it is of love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. That's you, friend. He desires for you to be saved, for you to come back into his family, be restored to him as if you had never sinned. And the way he, do, he did that was by giving his own son to die and to give his perfect blood as a sacrifice, as an atonement for our sins. And his blood today speaks and his blood covers you. And always remember that you plead the blood of Jesus over you and your family. And what you're doing there is you're coming in under the covering of God. Hallelujah. I just wanted to look as well um, at Daniel chapter 3 very quickly. Thank you for your patience. You know what? Let's take a little break. I'm going to take a drink of water and I'm going to come back to you in six seconds. Okay, so back with you again for Word of Victory. In Daniel chapter 3, it's the um, encounter between King Nebuchadnezzar and... Daniel's three friends, who were called Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in Daniel 3, verse, oh, let's see. You see, what happened was Nebuchadnezzar, um, Daniel and his friends and, and his countrymen were being held captive um, 
in, in, in this foreign land by King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, just to cut a chart. And they King Nebuchadnezzar decided that everybody should worship him. So that if they if he played some music, everybody had to bow down on the ground and worship his image, um, a false god image. And he got word that the three Israelites, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who were actually, um, had been promoted in his kingdom to, to have uh, places of honor in his kingdom, but he got word that they were not bowing down to his gold image. And so he was furious. He brought them, he had them brought before him and he, you know, gave out to them and said, how dare you not uh, bow down to my image. Now I'm going to give you one last chance. You know, uh, when you hear the music, you bow down and worship my God, my image that I have made of myself. And, <laughs> oh dear, he didn't get an answer he wanted. Let's read from 16. So this is Daniel chapter 3, 16. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God in whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand O king but let it be known to you O king that it, we do not serve your gods and nor will we worship the gold image which you have set it, set up so king nebuchadnezzar told them that if they didn't bow down in this last chance that he was going to light his fiery furnace uh, which was his way of of dealing with enemies of his kingdom he threw them into a fire and burned them alive he threatened them with that and they said, well, you can do whatever you want, but we're still not going to bow down and worship you. But our God will deliver us. See that there in 17? If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. Praise God. And you know, God, I tell you today, is able to deliver you from even the most difficult circumstances, friend. No matter what circumstances you're going through, God is able to deliver you from it. So what happened was he was so angry with their answer that he was full of fury, it says in 19, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded cer certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and they were cast into the midst of the burning furnace. So you see, he actually had them bound up so that they couldn't move, and they were thrown then, uh, wrapped up like, you know, mummies. He didn't even strip them of their clothes. He just bound them over the clothes. And... Therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. So his, his, his army valiant warriors who, who bound the three guys and threw them into the furnace were actually killed by the flames that were coming out of that fire. That's how hot it was. It extended far beyond its boundary. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished 
and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counsellors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form or the appearance of the fourth is as the Son of God. Then King Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Now, it's interesting to see here that, that Nebuchadnezzar's total tone has changed because earlier on, and actually I forgot to read that for you, but um, where is it there? Which I um, in, in verse... 15, you know, when he had asked them to to worship his image and he said to them, and who is the God who will deliver you from my hands in verse 15? And now here in in verse 26, he's saying, um, hey, guys, you servants of the most high God. He has suddenly acknowledged that there is a God. (laughs) And, you know, many people right now, friends, I'm telling you, that is what people need to do. And that is what they will do, whether they like it or not. They will acknowledge that there is a God in heaven and he is the most high God. And there is no God like him. And at the end of this um, teaching, Mag, the same Mag who sang as the deer, is going to read from Psalm 121. And it speaks about the God who created the heavens and the earth. And our help comes from him. And that is effectively what Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego said. They said, you can do whatever you like to us, king. But we tell you now that our God, whom we serve, he is the God of the Most High. He is the Most High God of the heavens and the earth. And he will deliver us. And we will never serve you or your gods. And praise God. You know, friend, that's what people need to do. They need to repent and turn to God. And they will see deliverance. That's what being born again is. It's repenting from your sins, turning to God and saying, Lord, you know all about me. You know the things I've done all my life. And yet Jesus died for me so that I could be forgiven and cleansed and restored back to you. And so that I could be protected and preserved by his blood. And so Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, he called them to come out of the furnace. Come out here. Amazingly, how were they... You know, these men who'd thrown them in were burned alive. But now he knew that these guys were loose. They were not tied up any longer. They were walking around in the midst of this burning fiery furnace. And there was another man or the image of a, uh, you know, there was another person inside there with them walking around. And his appearance was as the son of God. Praise God. There's so many things there. How did he even how did he even see them walking around? Because the light of God, the brightness of his presence, the glory and the splendor of who Jesus is was so bright. It lit up that whole furnace brighter than any fire could light it up. Praise God. Let's read on. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And guess what? 
They didn't even smell of smoke. The smell of the fire was not on them. Friend, no matter what situation you're going through, and maybe it's going out to work in the coronavirus every day, maybe it's, it's in a situation in home where, you're, you're, where, where, where things are not right, maybe, maybe there's difficulties, maybe there's somebody who's sick, maybe it's a sickness you're battling yourself. I'll tell you this, Jesus wants to come into the midst of that fire with you and bring you out of it. And he will bring you out of it so that you will not even smell of smoke. There's often times where we go through difficult circumstances, where we go through difficult times in life. There's seasons in life where, you know, there's uh, situations going on where, where it's out of control or overwhelming. And right now at this time, I, I'm very aware that there are houses where, where people are under extreme pressure where they're being, you know, cooped up, um, maybe with family members who have addictions and problems. Maybe there's somebody drinking or has a drug addiction or other addictions. Uh, maybe there's situations in your home where, where, where there's people who have depression or where there's abuse or neglect going on. I want to encourage you today, friend, to cry out to God to cry out to Jesus because the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, you know, God is not the author of that chaos or not the author of that sickness or, or, or whatever situation is going on with you. But he is the one who wants to redeem you and bring you out of it. And like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, maybe the fire is burning hot. Maybe the, the circumstances are just so overwhelming that you're not even able to cope right now. Maybe there's such anxiety and fear and terror going on that, that you're being absolutely tormented and assaulted all day long. I tell you, friend, Jesus, and I pray right now, Lord, I pray for the Spirit of God to come into that one's home, to come into their heart. I pray, Lord, that as they have cried out to you, Jesus, that you will deliver them and save them in the same way that you delivered and saved Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because you are no, um, you have no favorites, Lord. That's what the Bible tells us. God says, the Word of God tells us, He is not a man that He should lie, and God has no favorites. You are His favorite. I am his favorite. We are all his favorites. Imagine that. He loves us so much. He created you. He made everything about you. He made you and brought you onto this earth for such a time as this. He has a destiny and a plan and a purpose for you that only you can accomplish for him. And as you press in and as you pant to know him, you know, as the deer pants for the water, like Mag sang, as you press in to know him, your soul, your heart, your mind, your, your entire life will be transformed and changed through the power of his spirit as he uh, speaks his word to you in Jesus' name. What happened afterwards was in 28 here, we're still in Daniel 3, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, that angel there has a capital A, and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they frustrated the king's word, and they yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. 
Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. They actually got promoted. And I'll tell you, no matter what fire you're going through, no matter what turmoil, and even all this coronavirus, maybe the church has, has had to change the way we do things. And I think that's a good thing. Because, you know, our pastor Brida, all her life has spoken out that the church that Jesus left on the earth is the church he's coming back to. It's not going to be the, 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 you know, the churches that we've seen rising up of these massive buildings or, or because God does not dwell in temples made by hand. In Acts, it tells us that. But the church that Jesus left on the earth were his followers, his disciples, who preached the word, who went around to each other's homes, studying the word of God, praying, breaking bread together, and sharing everything they had in common. And I think that's something important for us uh, to know. You know, in the the prodigal son that I, I spoke of there earlier, um, if you read through that, that parable that Jesus gave in Luke, it's Luke, um, hang on, I'll find it for you, just to let you know properly. Luke 15, I think, is it, or 17. Keep getting mixed up with that. Praise God. It's in Luke 15. But the parable of the lost son, and, and God always goes after that one. He's interested in the one. That's why our relationship with him is one-to-one. -one. It's not a group relationship we're in with God. He sent his son to die for us individually, for me personally, for you personally. That's why the difference between religion and relationship is Jesus Christ, is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, that parable is not so much about a parable of forgiveness. It's a parable of love. Because every day, it says, the father went out looking for that son. And when he saw him still afar off, he ran to him. The son had already purposed in his heart, you know, I'm going to go back to my father. I'm going to say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I have sinned against you. And I ask you to forgive me. And I know that I'm not worthy to be taken back as your son, uh, but maybe I could work as a servant in your household. But the father immediately reinstated him as a son. He ran to him. You know, you've got that heart of the father just longing, longing, longing for his child to come back to him. And that is the way the father is with you, friend. It's no different. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've been involved in, no matter what has been going on in your life, if you truly repent and turn from your sin and cry out to God and receive Jesus, yield your life to Jesus. Like Nebuchadnezzar said there in Daniel, these three men, they yielded their total lives to God and he delivered them. And that's what's going to happen to you. I don't have the answers to your problems. I don't know what way it's going to, the solution is going to come, but I do know this, that God is the answer. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. And as you uh, yield your life to Jesus, as you ask him to be Lord and Savior in your life, he will bring you back to the Father. He will restore you. He will cleanse you and wash you. This is what happened to the, the son in the prodigal um, parable. 
he uh, got the servants, go get him a robe, put it on him, get a ring for his finger. The ring symbolized authority. The robe symbolized his, his place in the family. Put sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we've been fattening. Let's have a party and celebrate because this son of mine was lost and now he's found. Praise God. But you know what? When the older brother came in from the fields, the older brother here represents the church, I believe. And his reaction symbolizes many people in the church. And that's what I'm saying. Church has to change, friend. You don't go to church to sit on your backside and warm that seat for two hours and then go home and, and, you know, don't crack open your Bible for the rest of the week. Because that's not what a relationship is. Anyone who's living a relationship like that, they won't be in that relationship for long. It'll be stale. It'll be stagnant. It'll be a, a pitiful relationship. When you're in a relationship with someone, you put in effort. And, and you spend time with that one. You get to know them. You, you go out of your way to do um, things for them, to bless them, to love them. And that's what relationship is. And in the older brother's reaction here, I believe, is symbolic of many religious people in the church. And I'm not talking about people who believe in one religion or another. Because let me tell you, friend, there's no religion in heaven. There is no religion in heaven. There's just relationship. And I don't care whether you're a, a Jew, a Catholic, a Protestant, a Baptist, an Adventist, a, whatever it is. I don't care where you come from, what your background is. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't yielded your life to him, if you haven't repented of your sin, and if you're not in a relationship with him where you're studying his word and coming and getting to know him and obeying him and doing what he tells you to do, your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life enter into the Kingdom of Heaven. And how we get our name written and registered in Heaven in the Lamb's Book of Life is by yielding our lives to Jesus and by confessing Him as Lord and Savior and by acknowledging that we could never save ourselves. Coming into His covering. And there are many people who go to church every week and they have no idea of God's Word and they have no relationship with Him. They're just doing their duty. And the faster they can get it done, the better. Get in and out. Get it over and done with. Oh, they have stopped talking. They're talking so long. Well, let me tell you, relationship takes effort. It has to cost you something. Not cost you in terms of, of a penance or having to pay for something, but cost you in terms of where, you, where your priorities are. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. What that means is seek first his way of doing and being right. But the brother here, when he came back, he said to the father, what's this that's, go or he said to the servant, sorry, that he met outside, what's this that's going on, this party? You know, there's many people in the church who consider themselves to be saved, but they are critical, they are condemning, they accuse, they are judgmental, they are unforgiving, they are pouty, and jealous, they are party poopers who have no joy in them. You know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. We draw with joy from the wells of salvation, Isaiah tells us. 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Therefore to him who thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall. Listen, we need to be careful that the way we've been doing church, is it really being led by the Spirit? Or is it just man's ideas and man's programs and man's laws? I believe this time of, of having church online and having church in our own homes with our own family, breaking bread, praying, you know, blessing them. Maybe they're not all sitting around the table with you. That's okay. You pray. You still shine your light. Let the brightness of his coming and the word of his mouth come forth from your breath. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Just to finish, let's have a look at Isaiah chapter 43. Praise God. Thank you for your patience, friend. Like I said, you know, study takes time. And praise God, we love his word. It's his word, uh, the truth that we understand, his word that sets us free. Jesus came to set the captives free. He is the word of God. So as we're studying his word, what we're doing is we're spending time with Jesus. And you can... You can spend time no better with anyone else than spending it with him. In Isaiah chapter 23, he says, Now you, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Do you know that, friend? God called you by your name. And the greatest thing that you can pray for your family members or your household or or the ones that you're interceding for, Father God, I ask you to let them hear you calling them by name. In Jesus' name, I pray that they would have an encounter with your love and with your presence. Because one touch from God changes everything. I don't care what they're involved in. Maybe your, your children or your family members are far, far away from God. Maybe they're involved in, in terrible sin or terrible things. Listen, there is nothing too hard for God. Like uh, Anne read the scripture the other day in, in Jeremiah thirty two seventeen. Oh God, there is nothing too difficult for you. Father, I thank you. Let them hear you calling their name. Let them know that they belong to you. You created them. You love them. You have a good plan for them. Start speaking out blessings over them. I'm sure you're doing that already, friend. I know that. But, you know, sometimes you need, you need a, a little bit of encouragement. We need to be put back on track. I will pour out my spirit. Oh, sorry, in, in verse 3. I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. Oh, God, God <laughs> forgive me. I, that was for Isaiah 44. I went from one Bible to the other. I was reading in the NLT, the New Living Testament. I'm going to go back to that. I went over then to the King James. Sorry, uh, I confused you there now, didn't I? That's good to keep you on your toes. <laughs> uh, let's go back. Verse 2. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Amen. He says in verse 5, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. 
I will gather you and your children from east and west, from the north and south. I will bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all those who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. Do you know that? That you've been made for God's glory. Man is a reflection of God's glory. And also there, you know, I, I encourage you to pray for Israel. Pray for the land of Israel. Pray for the Jews, our Jewish brothers and sisters all over the world. They are God's chosen people. And he promised to bring them back from the four corners of the earth, back to their own land, Israel. In Jesus' name, we lift up the land of Israel before you today, Father. We pray your hand of protection upon your people, the Jews, wherever they are. We, we thank you for them, Father God. We praise you for them. We thank you, Lord, that they will come to know their Messiah, Jesus, the Son of the living God. We pray today, Father, for the peace of Jerusalem. We pray for wisdom for the leaders in Israel, Father God. We come against every attack, every snare the devil has set up for them, every threat from their enemies we break today in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Father God, for your mighty blessings and joy in this week, this Passover week. We pray your hand of protection upon them. We pray, Lord, that you would open their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears to hear you calling them by name. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Mag is going to finish with Psalm 121. But I just want to pray just before we leave. I pray today, Father, for our own government here in Ireland. I pray for Leo Varadkar, our Taoiseach. I pray for all of the members of, of our government, Father God, those ones who are leading uh, in the HSE and, and against uh, the coronavirus, the ones in, in, in all the, the first responder um, essential services, those ones who are working in hospitals, in, in uh, doctor surgeries, in the firemen, the, the police, the guardi, the, the army, the um, paramedics, the staff in the shops that are staying open to keep uh, people supplied with provision. Father, I pray for each one of them today and I join together here with my brothers and sisters. Lord, we ask you to bless them today. We pray your hand of protection upon them. We pray today for President Trump in America as he leads them and we pray for Boris Johnson in hospital today. We pray, Father, your hand of healing upon that man's body in the name of Jesus. We praise you and we bless you for him. We ask you for wisdom for him and for all of our leaders, Lord. We pray that you would instruct them. We pray that they would hear you calling their names in Jesus name because you have a plan for each one of their lives they are your children you are like that father in the prodigal story you are you are looking out every day for them to come home to you so that you can restore them and so that you can bless them and heal them and deliver them and promote them and father we pray today for for your blessing and wisdom and life and hope into each one of their lives your your strength for them father god that you would strengthen them physically mentally emotionally that you would strengthen them most of all spiritually and that they would cry out to Jesus and receive him as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, we come against that root of that coronavirus with the breath of Jesus Christ. That threat of, of, of uh, droplets from the, the, the breath of, of COVID, we come against it right now with the breath of Jesus Christ. 
our Lord and Saviour, and with the splendour of his light living inside of each one of us, we speak, Father God, that you would shine the glory light of Jesus into each person who's sick right now, into those ones who are in ICUs, those ones who are working, those ones who are on the, the cold face, facing in the front line every day. We pray the blood of Jesus over each one of them. And we thank you, Lord, for the light of God living inside of us through your son, Jesus. We worship you and we thank you today. And we praise you now as we turn to Psalm 121 and we read it together along with Meg. We praise you and we thank you, Father, for your mighty blessings, that you watch over us, that you never sleep, you never slumber, and that our help comes from you, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Praise God. You preserve us uh, from this time forth and forevermore. I bless you today, friend. God bless you in Jesus' name. I'll be back after Meg. Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From hence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the noon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your goings out and your coming in. From this time forth and even forevermore. <laughs> 